It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Just for Shakiri. And Liverpool take all three points. They will not let Manchester City out of their sights. Willian is then shoved off the ball fairly by Jao Moutinho, who fancies a shot here. He lays into dirty. Great ball to the far side. They've done it. Diogo Jota has put Wolves in front. Rojo's giving that away, though, to Lacazette. Mkhitaryan back to Lacazette through the middle. It's in anyway. Would have been a penalty if not. Up the other end, they're trying to respond, and they do. Jesse Lingard, it's 2-2. Two goals inside a minute. Manchester United pull it back for a second time in this game. Arsenal take the lead once more, but can they defend? No, they can't. You're listening to the Premier League preview show for game week 16 of the 18-19 season. I'm Tom Reddy. Coming up in the next 45 minutes or so, we'll talk about all the big stories from Tuesday and Wednesday. Chelsea losing again before their game against Man City this weekend. Liverpool coming from behind to show they still want to win the Premier League title this season. More shambolic defending for Manchester United, but they delivered the entertainment so you can't boo that. And down the bottom, Southampton have changed manager, but it didn't change things going forward. They still can't score a goal, despite having numerous chances against Spurs. That is all coming up on the Premier League preview show for this week. Let's say hello to our panel. Just a three-man panel this week, mainly because we couldn't find anyone want to stay out this late for us on a Wednesday night. So Steve Lomas, former Man City and West Ham captain, who's just been covering the Man U Arsenal game, has hung around for us. How are you, mate? You all right? Very well. Enjoyed the game, but uh, it was more down to bad defending than, than high quality. Well, speaking of someone who's not high quality, but we've got him anyway, also with us in the group is Talk Sports football editor David Walker. Um, Are you I'm, okay, mate? I'm a very bad defender as well, actually. Dave, Dave that was a Mourinho-like um, confidence booster there from Tom, <laughs> yeah, wasn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Listen, there's so many great games this weekend, but we are going to look back on the, the Tuesday and Wednesday fixtures a lot more than we usually would in this show because, of course, it has all just happened and the Premier League, it's so exciting this time of year, so much happening. We've got to look back at that game you just covered, Steve, because, I mean, it was chaotic. It was chaotic stuff. I thought, interesting, we, let's talk about Arsenal first. Not lost a game since August now. They've got Huddersfield Town coming up on Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time. Almost a shoe in for victory there. Um, what did you like about the way they played against Man U? What didn't you like? Well, I don't, I don't think... I think, listen, Man United handed them two goals. You know, they had a couple of little half chances, but they never really carved Man United 
open till the end when, when Man United ran out of a bit, a bit of pace. But I think the resilience, really, and I think what I did like was, you know, Unai Emery, you would have thought a draw at Man United away, he'd been happy with that, but no, he was he was going, he, he could smell blood and he wanted to get the win. He was obviously through uh, Lacazette on and he actually threw his three subs on and left himself a little bit of a problem because Mustafi ha- had a slight tweak and, you know, he would have been down to 10 men with taking the gamble um, with using his three subs. That's been a feature, hasn't it, of Arsenal's season? Making changes, being bold, turning games around when they've been drawing or, or behind at half-time. And I think it they'll, they'll probably go away disappointed that they haven't won that game tonight with some of the chances they had late on. But overall, this just feels like a step forward for me that Arsenal are going to Manchester United at Old Trafford and are coming away disappointed mm. that they haven't won. Yeah, I think there's, when you look at it, he's certainly, you know, there's a lot more resolve about the team. They're a lot more structured. They're a lot more workmanlike off the ball. He's obviously in a position of strength now when he's got results. He's obviously dealt with the Ozil situation and said, listen, I don't care how much you're on or how good you think you are. If you don't run about without the ball, mm. you're not going to play. And I think the players have seen that and responded to it because players seen that he for me Ozil was overindulged with by Arsene Wenger the last two or three years and you know the other players can smell that in the change room you know if you're producing week in week out players will probably make allowances but too often than not Ozil in the big games never turned up so Arsenal find themselves now um, chasing down the top four fifth right now level on points with Chelsea who lost against Wolves we'll get to that a little bit later in the programme um, but you've got to say, there's a confidence about the way they play. I mean, I don't want to praise Arsenal too much because I could just feel the Arsenal fans in the background screaming about having their Arsenal back. I had so many Arsenal fans texting me the weekend, oh, I'm watching the Spurs game back again for the 500th time, just hook it to my veins. You know, they're so happy, aren't they? It's just grating. <laughs> uh, but they do look. I mean, there's something about the way Unai Emery's got these guys playing. I think this weekend against Huddersfield, you know, someone's due a smash in the Premier League. I know Huddersfield have got a bit better a bit better, a bit more organised. It does depend if Terence Congolo's fit, how good they can defend. I think he's going to be a doubt again for this game came off in, in midweek. But this could be the game where Arsenal finally put on a real show in front of their own fans. Yeah, I don't think there is a pleasing on the eye as when they played on the You don't think? I don't think so. I think obviously Aubameyang is obviously in a rich frame of form. I think there are a lot... He does m- miss from six yards at least <laughs> once every week. Well, I, what I would say, he must have thought he'd scored tonight, but to see it from David De Gea even after his horrendous mistake, to see if it was foot was world-class. But I think, listen, he's got them more structured for certain. And, um, you know, everybody seems to know their job and they keep hanging in there. That's that's the resolve. And I think that also comes with the results. When you, when you are constantly coming from behind, it gives you good confidence that you're always in the game. And when you've got the likes of Aubameyang, you know, you've got you know, Lacazette on the bench, you've got Mkhitaryan on the bench. So he can make changes with a positive effect. Uh, let's talk about Man United. Let's talk about David De Gea. Um, the goal, the first goal, um, he seems to have a bit of a Jordan Pickford moment. Should he catch it? Should he palm it over the top? Got it totally wrong. Um, what's, what's his form like for you? What do you, do you think that maybe the contract thing has affected performances? Do you think he's been playing as well as he could do? I don't think so. He made so. a really good save second half. Yeah, he did, but he also cost him a goal. I mean, he's very unlike him. I think he's got you know, a bit of credit in the bank, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's got five player of the year <laughs> years. But listen, yeah, it's very uncharacteristic the mistake. Whether or not he was thinking the start or a counter attack before he's actually caught it, right. but it was a horrendous error for a 
goalkeeper of his standard. Uh, so Man U this weekend up against Fulham. Uh, Fulham uh, got a draw against Leicester in midweek. They, they played well, I thought. I was doing the game against Chelsea on, on Sunday. I thought they did quite well. Of course, beat Southampton before that. Um, got forward. They made mistakes against Southampton, but got forward, which they weren't doing previously. I think Fulham going forward. I'm thinking about some of the attacking talents, Ryan. Sessegnon, Mitrovic, I thought. Um, old AK-47. Uh, Abu Bakar Kamara, who scored, <laughs> who scored against Leicester. I think he scored uh, the goal against you Leicester. Did, yeah. You know... They've got pace, yeah. and Eric Bailly picked up a knock towards the end of the game, um, suddenly back in favour. He was quote-unquote injured for a few weeks, slash, at a fallout with Mourinho. You've got Marcus Rocco. I mean, he was dreadful, wasn't he, second half? It, it's totally his fault. Was it an own goal it, in the end? It, it went for? It was his fault, but up until then, I was just about to praise him, saying that he hadn't, obviously, his first appearance of the season. He's done okay, mm. and he made another horrendous decision which cost Man United a goal but I think with obviously Claudio Ranero, the first thing he'll go in there he'll get the more structured he'll obviously get the more defensive and when you have got that pace you can play deep because you've got game changes that can carry up the pitch What's quite interesting I was watching the, the Fulham Leicester game as well Dave and Tom Kearney was, was dropped came on at half time I don't know if he was injured or not but and they, they're playing Callum Chambers midfield. There's talk yeah. of him being personally coached by Scott Parker to be the new Scott Parker of Fulham. Yeah. But to not play Kearney in a game at home against Leicester, unless it's an injury that I don't know about, seems odd to me. Seems like he's just trying stuff out. I think he is trying stuff out. He, he's, he's shaking things up a little bit. Because uh, I was at the game on Sunday, uh, Chelsea against Fulham. Uh, Chambers played in midfield and had their two best chances, yeah. actually, on Sunday. But at half-time... He hooked Sessegnon mm. and Johansson. So he's clearly not afraid to make big changes during games to try and change things up as to how they were going. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's an interesting game for, for Manchester United against Fulham. Normally, any other sort of time of the season, years gone by, you think, oh, Man United all, all day long. But as we've seen in recent weeks, and again against Arsenal, it's it's just a better performance I think tonight for Manchester United than they've had in, in recent weeks but still you know you're still not sure are you do you think better performance Steve had they improved for the last couple of weeks were they better tonight what, than against Southampton I think, I think what they showed was that you know there's, there's they've been stung by the criticism they wanted to win there's mm. no two ways about it and you know you take away two horrendous individual mistakes they probably do win you know so I think it was better um, in terms of quality I'm not certain. Certainly not. Certainly, <laughs> certainly not in terms of of defending. But I think in terms of their application, yeah. was certainly there. What do you make about? I don't know if you saw this, but in Mourinho's program notes this evening, after he dropped Pogba and Lukaku, in his program notes he said, "There's no space for players who don't give their all." Well, listen. The one thing for me watching the highlights, um, you know, Pogba made a mistake in midfield, and he just stood there and let you know Southampton go on the attack. Get back. Listen, everybody can make a mistake, but you know, it doesn't matter whether you're worth this. When you're in a team, you've got to pull your weight, mm. you've got to do your equal share of defending, and that's probably why he's went with Rashford because obviously he didn't have the greatest of games, but his work rate and his energy obviously he set up the two goals. But um, he's looking for everybody to get behind yeah. him as a manager. And I think you could hear the fans inside Old Trafford tonight respond to that. They were there was a lot of the, the energy was up in, in, in the stadium. They 
they players were chasing back they were making I tackles you, yeah you, know? you look at Marshall yeah. does a hamstring free chase 40 yards yeah. back and, mm. and and he give away a free kick but Man United they want that they expect yeah. that this and this that's is, the thing this it's is the theory minimum of dreams ex- minimum expectation isn't it and that shows how bad it's been it shows you how far weeks. how far they've come yeah. to that Man United team when we were looking at it to the teams that I played against and you know apart from David De Gea obviously a mistake apart not one of them players would get in might not even get in the squad yeah. never mind the starting 11 the thing is we're talking about Manchester United in reasonably positive terms here, but but the bigger picture is there's still three draws in a row now in mm. the Premier League. One win in the last five in the Premier League. They are still well off the pace. Yeah, listen, they're, they're right up against it. There's no two ways. It's not good enough for Man they United. They don't catch Arsenal, do they? It's this a, season, it, they don't catch it, Arsenal. And it, Arsenal are currently fifth. Well, listen, they've got to go on a hell of a run, haven't they? You know what I mean? They've got to have a fantastic run now, right the way through to the end of the season. I, can't, I don't think you can afford to to lose maybe one more game and and they've got to get on a a win sequence and Mm. I think that starts whenever things are struggling and you you have injuries it it, it, for me is to get down to continuity of team selection first and foremost does it start this weekend uh, against Fulham three o'clock UK time kickoff also Arsenal up against Huddersfield those are the two games covered plenty more to talk about still Bournemouth against Liverpool is our first game of the weekend but we've got to talk about the big game of the weekend on Saturday Chelsea who lost again uh, in midweek against Wolves take on Man City who are just never going to lose. They're never going to lose. Someone beat them. Come on, Chelsea. Here is City on the attack and Mahrez has fired it into the net and they've got the goal that they wanted, possibly to kill the game off. Mahrez, who scored five goals in seven appearances for Leicester against Watford, has now scored for City against them. As Chelsea go forward with Hazard on the left-hand side. Referee blows his whistle. It's a famous victory for Wolves on the back of five defeats in six. They couldn't beat Huddersfield. They couldn't beat Cardiff. But tonight, they've beaten Chelsea at Molyneux. Right, let's get on to Chelsea against Manchester City. 5.30 UK time on Saturday. Chelsea lost against Wolverhampton Wanderers at the weekend. Maybe won't... uh, Lost against Wolverhampton Wanderers in midweek. Don't cut that out. Leave it in. Uh, And also (laughs) at the weekend against Fulham, uh, they weren't great, but they did get the win there. Uh, Man City, of course, they played some great football against Watford. But Watford probably should have got something from it. The way they just bombarded the penalty area late on at 2-1. There were chances. There were moments. Uh, let's start with Man City uh, and talk about that Watford game. Because there was some brilliant football being played. And unless we forget that there's so many players missing right now for City. Some top quality talent. Aguero may well miss this game this weekend. He's missed the last two. Gabriel Jesus missed plenty of chances. But he's likely to play up front. De Bruyne, we think he's still out for this one. You know, it's a long list of players missing. But Steve, your former team against Watford, they didn't convince. They didn't smash Watford. They often do Watford 6-7-0. But towards the end, I watched the last 15 minutes. And Watford should have got something from it. Because they do... They did what I'm always saying on this programme. Get it up them. Come on, get it up them. And they did. Yeah, they went a bit route one and, and obviously cause problems. But I think Man City can do it either way. And even when they're not playing well, you know, you've got the likes of Riyad Mahrez to come on and, you know, you've got Sterling, Sane, and like you've just listed off Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. Yeah. You know, I think it's that's a difference. For me, it? for me, it's a difference where they were last season. And I think that's why, because he knew he had the squad, everybody fit. Uh, and obviously, that's why he only really added yeah. Raheem Mahrez, because he knew the quality that he could bring. You know, fantastic player. And look at the quality that he produced at the weekend. Mm. It's sublime. On, a, on another night, that could have been another five or ben six. Ben Foster nil. was Foster so good, wasn't he? A lot so of saves. Good. And uh, I want to ask you about this, Steve. 
having played the game. I was watching that game last night and it, it just never ceases to amaze me how much psychological difference a moment of luck can make to a team because for the first 75 minutes 80 minutes of that game Watford didn't look like they believed they could score a goal let alone win every time they got the ball they lost it they looked like they were panicking they were so frightened of Manchester City they defended quite well in places but there was so much pressure and it was only one team in the game we got that lucky goal from one mistake from Man City and all of a sudden it's like oh we can do this and City were were shell-shocked and it was just that one moment and it completely changed the mentality and your question is why don't they do it from the start yes (laughs) you know what I mean listen you know it goes without saying I think listen you know you look at I, I, I do a comparison Manuel Pellegrini I did the game you know I tipped my hat then for being brave he went four he actually went the West End Man City game yeah, did. yeah he went four two four two wide players and two up top the game was over after 20 minutes <laughs> You know what I mean? So they thought, you know what, we're going to attack them. But when you, you've got to pay this team due respect. You know, they've got so much quality. And I think the only way you can really, especially for the likes of Watford, is you've got to hang in the game as long as possible. Mm. You know, even if it's two, you might get a chance. And then you can really go for it for the last 15 minutes. Because I think if you go toe-to-toe, with Man City the inevitable happens the game's over and the last 60 minutes is is like it proved when West Ham played Man City and null event Is this the last time Man City can lose a game this year? So they've already won at Tottenham drew at Anfield now they've got a Stamford Bridge they've basically had all the big tests away from home and not been beaten no one's winning at the Etihad no one's either brave enough or good enough depending on where you stand so does the world need a Chelsea win? Are we all Chelsea fans this weekend? Do we desperately need Eden Hazard to prove he's a Real Madrid player, although he's not a Real Madrid player? Because if, if he was, they'd bought him already. I think, I think as an ex-Man City player, listen, you you really marvel at, at football, but for, for the integrity of the league mm. you and for the competition you hope somebody beats them along the line mm. because it could be a walk in the park. I think, obviously, Liverpool are putting up a fight and for me, it looks like a two-horse race yep. already this season. Hopefully, Chelsea can get back on the run that they were eight weeks ago because, obviously, they've stagnated for whatever reason. Uh, and then lost against Wolves. Now, I know you were doing the, the Man United-Arsenal games today. Dave, you and I were able to watch all the other games and for Wolves to win that, it's not as if they nicked it I think second half, that may be 20 minutes from the half-time whistle to Jota's goal, which I think was 60-odd mm. minutes. They bossed Chelsea, absolutely bossed them. Loads of great chances, brilliant football. There were some complaints about William maybe being fouled for the winner. But, you know, Wolves took hold of the football. Chelsea couldn't get it. And then from that point, it's the same thing. What do we do now, Chelsea, when we're up against it? They took Morata off, who'd done nothing. They brought Giroud on. We know what Giroud does. Nothing wrong with Olivier Giroud. But he's not going to be the guy. He's proved in the Premier League for a decade. He ain't going to be the guy that wins you the Premier League. He won't score the 25, 30 goals. So, does it feel like Chelsea... Are we, are we judging Chelsea too harshly? Because we hoped they might be near Man City. Well, I think, listen, at the end of the day, they're missing, for me, a goal scorer. And I think there's been rumours of Arnautovic maybe been in. But he's not better than Giroud, is he? Really? I think he's a better player than oh, Giroud. Hey, I, I think, think he's, he's better yeah. player than Giroud. I, I just listen, I think I Giroud, Giroud's it. a target man, but listen, maybe in a short-term yeah. fix, for me, Anatolovic is a better player yeah. than he's Giroud. More about and, cer- and certainly at the minute, he's a better player than Giroud. Hmm. In terms of form, all right, he got injured the other night. And but if they want to win the league, they've got to look harder than that. If we're talking yeah. about trying to... I mean, would Chelsea discount this year for a Premier League? Two losses already. Well, Sarri already has. Sarri's already said... 
But they we're do, not, we're not don't good, they? We're not good enough to win the league. That's, that's managers always lie to us, well, so don't they? Well, maybe. They always I mean, say things said, like, I've just taken it one game said, as it comes. He You're 15 points clear. He's been quite critical of his players quite quite often recently. Mm. And and rightly so, when you look at the performances they've been putting in the last few matches. Even against Fulham on, on Sunday, it's 2-0 fairly comfortable win. They got a goal after three minutes, but Fulham had their chances and it, it was all a bit pedestrian, really. And to, tonight, Wolves are a team that have been in disarray the last few weeks. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why Eden Hazard's looking to move, because can see as well he ain't going to be winning anything at Chelsea too mm. soon mm. you know they, they need I would say they probably need three world class players to really get them back up n- anywhere near the level of a Man City or a Liverpool well talking to world class players uh, N'Golo Kante finally got the nod in the centre midfield against Wolverhampton Wanderers Jorginho dropped to the bench and they lost so it was one time and out right we'll never see it again from Kante he got taken off I think with like 20 minutes to go for uh, for Kovacic, I think came on instead of him. So it's, we're all in clamouring for it. Well, yeah, yeah. But why can't the two of them play together? Well, that's uh, the thing. You know, for me, two of them sitting side by side. They love that's the, what, all managers love the system but, but, but these what, days, don't what, they? But yeah, but what I'm saying is that when Kanti was at his best and whether where Matic was at the, his best because they complemented each other. Bring Ma- back Matic. Danny Drinkwater. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Bring him in from the cold. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So I don't understand. He's out to stud, I don't isn't he, Drinkwater? I don't understand why they can't play the two of them sitting in there. I agree, but... That's interesting to me that he he dropped Jorginho and put Kante in that position because the week before last, before the Fulham game, when he, he was said being, he can't he, do it, he was being asked by everyone. He said, "I, I want a technical player in there like mm. Jorginho, not Kante. Mm. Kante isn't the player I want in that position." Then he puts him in that position. But maybe, maybe he's learning. Maybe he has learned as well yeah. as he's a manager. He was right. Learning as a manager when he goes away in the Premier League, you've got to dog it out. You ain't just going to go turn up mm. and it happen. And to be fair to Wolves, I watched them early in the season, they've got a lot of good players yeah. and I'm really surprised they're on the run that they've been on. But they can hurt you. They've got a lot of quality in there. I love the phrase dog it out. Is there any person I know that uses it, but I love it. That's what they need to do. <laughs> Both the goals tonight, <laughs> came, great. they came from moves down the left-hand side of Chelsea. Yep. And I was watching with a few Chelsea fans in the offices here at TalkSport and a few of them were really up in arms about Alonso and his recent performances. He got subbed on, on Sunday and he didn't have the best of games. A lot, when he got forward, the delivery wasn't there. Caught wanting a few times going backwards as well. I mean, he's been a good player for them for the last few seasons. He's sort of an automatic choice. Uh, he's always up there in the old fantasy league tables. Yeah. But actually... But he's a know. winger, though, isn't he? Wing-back. Well, Listen, I think he's, he's, he's better going forward, isn't he? Certainly better going forward than he is defensively. Mm. And um, I think he's getting tested out. And teams are, teams are looking and thinking, you know what? We're going to attack down this right-hand mm. side. Do you think that maybe Maurizio Sarri took this Wolves game a bit lightly? Because David Luiz was dropped. Jorginho, we've mentioned. Um, Cesc Fabregas got a game. And Cesc Fabregas ain't Loftus getting a game at all. Started. Ruben Loftus-Cheek got a start. I mean, he did score a goal the weekend, I so think, maybe. I think everyone did. Willian in for Pedro. If you, but if you look across the board, all of the top teams mm. and, and beyond made wholesale changes. I think a lot you know? of the managers are yeah. looking to, to the run that's coming up yeah. in terms of fixtures. And, and listen, you, you, can't, you can't do that. You know, every game, no matter what in the Premier League, Wolves on a bad run, but they've got players. If you don't go and give it due respect and the effort, you get yeah. found out. Yeah. All those players you've, brought, you've just mentioned, though, they're all internationals, you know. Yeah, yeah. They should be good enough. Yeah, you it's know? not like subbing me out and bringing you in, is it? It's, <laughs> it's quality for quality. Uh, let's go back to the game briefly. Um... The neutrals, you know, I'm a West Ham fan. I'm desperate for Chelsea to win this game. I think neutrals would all kind of feel the same. We need even someone a, well, to be able to draw. Would, draw would do. 
Yeah, I suppose so, mate, but aim high. I mean, how did Chelsea beat Man City? Come on, Steve, how's it get done? You're the manager of Chelsea. You've got those resources. You know what City you've got. They've got a few injuries. You've seen Watford get at them. You saw Bournemouth get at them. Bournemouth could have got a couple. Watford could have got an equaliser. They didn't. That's the way it goes. Chelsea are better than those two. How do they do it this weekend? Well, you've got to hang in the game as long as possible. You you, you can't, because Man City, when they're in free flow, can blow you away in the space of 10, 15 minutes. You've got to have your key players performing to the level in Hazard like you earlier said Tom has got to show there's a lot of talk he wants to go to Real Madrid you know really he's got to be setting it alight again you know I think still they've got the issue up front Chelsea they've still not got Morata looks you know really he's come from Real Madrid he was a sub at Real Madrid wasn't he that's what he was yeah. he was he was an Hernandez who you know at Man United he'd, he'd do his best work off the bench you know Giroud I don't think Sari really fancies him. So I think they're in desperate need of a, a, a number nine. It's amazing to me that someone could look at Olivier Giroud and not fancy him. <laughs> I find that amazing, don't you? I'm starting to get worried about you, Tom. It's late night, isn't it? It's late night and I've not been very well. Um, Dave, any scenario for you where Chelsea can get something from this? I mean, they're not going to sit deep and try and stop City, are they? They're going to try and get forward. Maybe they need to go back to the Antonio Conte days. The, the famous win at the Etihad when Chelsea were, were about to confirm the title a couple of weeks later. I think... Where they hit him on the break. Willian score. Was it Hazard got the mm. other one? Was it 2-0? Two, uh, two I think what they've got to do is they, they, they've certainly got to... For me, and it would be Jorginho and Kante sitting, but they need to go three for three in midfield. You know, Fernandinho, David Silva, and whoever it is, you know, they've got to be matched. The two wide players, whoever that is, have got to be matched. So Alonso down the left-hand side has mm. got to put a shift in. I'd imagine they'll put Sterling up against him after watching his yeah. recent performances. So the two oh. wide players have certainly got to be defensively sound. I mean, we're, we're a little bit over, but I do want to ask you about Raheem Sterling because you mentioned him. I don't want to get past this section without it. Yeah. The way he played, second half especially against Bournemouth, the whole game he was good, but the second half against Bournemouth, it was almost like he saw himself, and this is the way I read the game, he saw himself as the senior player out there. Give me the ball. None of that, he's running down the right and he'll wait for De Bruyne to get it to him and he'll create the chance. He was like, I'll, I'll do this for us, lads. It's a tight game, this. And that's not something that we often associate Raheem Sterling with. Now, well, let me tell you a story. I first seen Raheem Sterling, I did a Northern Ireland schoolboy game. Uh, and he came on for 20 minutes and he was only 14 and he put in an unbelievable performance for 20 minutes and the kid had unbelievable ability he just needed to develop and people were expecting too much too soon and listen there's no doubt Pep has had an influence since he's got he's come there he's got the best on him he's worked with him but the natural development the kid was always going to be a good good player there's no two ways about it but listen albeit on the confidence he's now got and, and I agree with you, Tom. He now sees himself, whereas maybe 18 months ago, he's looking at Silva. He was looking at Aguero. You know, he was thinking, you know, maybe I'm down the pecking order. Yeah. But he now sees with the confidence he's now got that he is one of the main players. Right, got to move on. That's the 5.30 game on Saturday. We want to talk about Bournemouth against Liverpool. That's the early. Uh, and also West Ham looking for three wins in a row. <laughs> you were there in midweek and we'll get to it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Alexander-Arnold delivers it in towards the penalty area and it's a tapping for Firmino and Liverpool are ahead. A very well-worked free kick was clipped into the box by Alexander-Arnold. It was knocked across the face of goal by Virgil van Dijk. And there, with virtually his first touch of the evening since coming on as a substitute, Roberto Firmino and Liverpool, not long ago behind, are now ahead. Right, let's talk about Liverpool up against Bournemouth. 12.30 kickoff on Saturday. Uh, Dave, we were watching the game in midweek. 1-0 down against Burnley. Mm. Haven't started. Mo Salah, who came on. Mane didn't play at all. I think Firmino came off the bench, which yeah. scored with his first touch as well. I mean, they were, they were right up against all it away at dropped. Burnley. No, no Mane, no Salah, no Firmino. They're 1-0 down. Could have been 2-0 down. An, an amazing volley from Ashley Barnes in the first half, which was ruled out for offside, but great finish that it was. Um, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, OK, this is a test now for Liverpool. They're 1-0 down, away at Burnley on a midweek, without their big players, what are they are going to do? Milner steps up, put the great finish <sighs> great into finish. the bottom corner, then they bring on the subs. Salah sets up the winner for Shaqiri. Firmino's there on the line to tap one in, and a 3-1. And that, that is why they are the team on the coattails of Manchester City. Yeah, because they have got them. A big gamble, but it, it paid off eventually for Klopp. If, like you said, if Barnes's goal had stood, mm. it, it yeah. might have been a different story. So, you know, he's got a little bit away, away with it, in my opinion. Obviously, they've got Bournemouth at the weekend who them themselves have got themselves out of a bit of a rut so not a not a not a you know an easy time to go and play mm. Liverpool with I would imagine Salah back in the starting lineup I mean this this Burnley game I, I think was fantastic I watched a lot of it in midweek on one of the monitors and I thought it was such a great end to end game I got a lot of time for Burnley first time they've really put in um the effort I'd expect from Burnley, and it really started with Phil Barzi knocking someone up in the air about five minutes in, got everyone right up for it. Fantastic performance from you so see many players. See the shot that he hit, hit oh. the steward as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Classic <laughs> Phil. Um, a knockout blow like he once did on Wayne Rooney. <laughs> anyway, move on. Um, but the, the, the winning goal, the third goal, the Shakiri goal, the 3-1, moments before Firmino nearly scores an own goal. And it's a scramble in the Liverpool box. And Joe Gomez has gone off injured. Probably going to miss the game this weekend. And it looked quite a serious injury as well. Got stretched off. Hopefully he's all right. Um, Alexander-Arnold came on. Um, and, and basically, they gave, it fell to the goalkeeper, Alisson. And with within well, 15 seconds, maybe less, of Alisson releasing the ball, they'd gone 3-1 up. And it was just... 
any other team. There's so many teams. We talked about Mourinho teams earlier on. They'd have got that ball forward. Shakiri runs to the corner. It was like the 92nd minute. And Liverpool were like, no. <laughs> Let's get that third. Let's wrap this up. Even when they're against it, even when they feel like they can not win this game, they're still looking to score again. And that's why I think so many feel they could push City all the way. Because even when they don't have the great qualities that City have got, a lot, a lot of brilliance, but not as good as them, they can still go for it. And I think as well, the front three who were unbelievable last season haven't really, yeah. hit, they haven't really hit the heights, have they? Firmino, Salah and Mane haven't hit the heights that they were last season. If you can score a goal, like their winning goal in the Merseyside derby, you've got to feel like God is on your side. Well, that's you? the thing. Um, you've got to. The, it's the, the pressure on Liverpool is immense this season and, and they're big enough to take it, but they are coming up against the best team, points-wise, we've ever seen in the Premier League. They're mm. coming up against a Manchester City team who are exceptional. In any other season, you could afford to drop a point in the Merseyside derby. You could afford to go to Burnley and, and not get all three points. But they, they can't do that. They know they have to win every game and keep pace with Manchester City. And it's, you know, that, that is, it really does feel very tense. And you, you were saying earlier, who's going to be the team that can beat Manchester City? What's going to be the game? I mean, I know it's at home for Man City, but when they get to that game later in the season yeah. and Liverpool go to the Etihad, they're going to have to try and repeat that performance that they gave last season in the Champions League and win. Yeah. Uh, and maybe get a goal which shouldn't have stood, but let's not get into that. Let's not bring up the whole VAR Champions League debate again. Um, want to talk a bit about Bournemouth. Next time is a big job in the Premier League. It won't happen. We know it won't happen because he doesn't have the Italian name, but I really hope it goes to Eddie Howe because every time I watch him, I watched them against Man City last weekend, we all did, and I thought the way they attacked the game, they could have scored a couple in the first half. Even when City got on top of them, they still tried to get forward. You know, they, they left gaps at the back. They got exploited, but they, they were so positive. They'd lost four on the spin, though. Exactly right. They'd lost four on the but spin, I, but, I think... but still went front foot. Mm. Uh, and it's it's and again against Huddersfield, after that fourth, they did it again. Early doors, got those goals, blasted Huddersfield away. It's only 2-1 in the end, but it could have been more. I love Bournemouth. I think they'll lose this game, but I think there will be goals at, e- at either end. And in Callum Wilson and, and Josh King and Ryan Fraser yeah. and David Brooks... And a few others, they've got some of the players of the season. That's what I like about Eddie. He, he brings players from lower levels and makes them better players. Um, and also what I like, he realises now, you can't stay in the Premier League by, by grinding out. You've got to score goals. And, and, and for a club like Bournemouth, when you go on attack, you've got to expect you're going to concede at the level that they're playing at. But they, they, they can go toe-to-toe with the best. And that's why it's a tough little place to go. It's not a very big ground. Teams turn up and they probably look at it and go, what are we playing in here? The FA Cup third <laughs> round here. You know, 20,000 at most. But... 10. 10. Is yeah. it 10? It's 10,000, 10. I yeah, thought yeah. they extended. No, yeah. but... Um, I think we're Your house could fit more people than that, couldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Low mass manor. (laughs) Well, doesn't invite us, does he? That's the thing. Maybe 15. (laughs) But um, no, I think, listen, we're we're, we're King and Wilson and and Ryan Fraser. They've got Pierce in the team, and um, I really like that. Brooks looks like he's the the find of the season. Um, So, yeah, like you said, it would be great if a British manager, a young British manager, Eddie Howe, would get a top job. But like you said, he hasn't got that French or Italian sounding name. All right, let's move on. When we come back, we're going to get through all the other games coming up this weekend, the Premier League. It's a bit off the cuff this week because, of course, we're recording it after the Wednesday games. But one thing we did know going into tonight's show was that Ralph Hassenhudel was going to be the new manager of Southampton. We'll do that next and we'll get Steve to say his name. Southampton up against Cardiff City, Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time kickoff. The first game in charge for Southampton for, what is it again, Steve? 
Ralph Hasselhutter. Yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> now, he was manager of RB Leipzig during their charge up the leagues, their charge to the Champions League. Uh, had one year left on his contract, didn't sign it. There were some issues with how long his contract would be and all that. So he walked away with a year left on his contract. Wasn't sacked at RB Leipzig. Has been linked with so many jobs in Germany as well, uh, but hasn't taken them. This is the challenge he's taken up. Southampton, who have struggled all season long. They've struggled for years, really, in this kind of state of nonsense mid-table inertia for about two and a half, three seasons. I think they take nonsense mid-table inertia right well, now, mate, to be honest. Well, and I think as well, as is a little bit... You you know, be careful what you wish for with Claude Puel. Yeah, Getting yeah. rid of him, I thought that was a little bit poor and poor taste, I thought. Getting them to the cup final. They didn't a, like him, though. Talk, well, I know they didn't. The but fans don't like you. You know, what can yeah, you do? Yeah, no, I, I, pre- I appreciate that there, but sometimes you get what you deserve, really. Yeah. And where did where does Southampton really think they should be? A, you know, a cup final and a top 10 finish. That's as good as it gets. Dream on if you think you can get any better. Well, he was there, the new boss, Ralph Hasenhudel. Uh, I love saying it. Uh, 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 Wembley, I'm always doing that. Uh, Wembley in midweek. 3-1 it finished to Tottenham. But I'll tell you what, there's so many chances. chances, didn't they? They, uh, Davis went through and he decided to square when he could have shot. Charlie Austin finally scored. May have been his first Premier League goal of the season. Not scored, I think, at all in the Premier League. I have to look that up. But I think the commentator said that during the game. And a few other chances they had during it. But that's the issue. He's got to try and get this Southampton team scoring goals. And we know he's the kind of manager who will get teams forward and if you can get Nathan Redmond look Nathan Redmond he's sort of like a budget Raheem Sterling in that he can beat five players but he can't pass and can't shoot if it gets him doing one of them two things I think they've got a class player in there I think as as well he's brought Stephen Davis I was surprised I couldn't understand why Mark Hughes wasn't playing somebody because for me he probably has been the most consistent player at Southampton over the last two or three seasons and he's a good character when things are going wrong and uh, so I think yeah he'll, he'll bring some of them players back I just think whenever you're down there, Southampton at the minute haven't had a great amount of luck. You've seen the goal that, that, that wasn't the other week. But I, I think, you know, it's a big, big job. He's got he's got to hit the ground running, that's for certain. And, you know, with Christmas coming up, games thick and fast, have they got the squad to get themselves out of trouble? You know, it, it's going to be a relegation battle and they've got a bed in there. He's also got to sort the defence out. Oh. And he's not got a lot of great defenders to work with, has he? You know, their defensive record has not been good. Yannick Vestergaard. I mean, it's not very good. Yoshida's milk turns move. faster than Yannick Vestergaard. <laughs> yeah. In the Premier League. And I think it's another thing, you know, you looked at it in the past where West Ham sold all the best players. You can't keep doing it, can you? No. When you when you keep selling the the crown jewels, eventually somewhere down the line and you come unstuck. Issue. That is the big issue. The recruitment at Southampton has been poor. The players coming in have been vastly inferior to the ones that are going out and they've got a manager now though. After giving Mark Hughes a three-year contract at the end of last season, which I think I, I'm, I'm led to believe, pe- even people within the club were unsure about at the time, and, and lo and behold, well, it's, co- it's come stats? back to bite Two them. wins in twelve, three wins three. in total. Two, one, one this year, two last year, and the one they won at Swansea to stay up. That was a basket case of a game. I was doing that game. They could have gone either way. It was the first corner, first team to score from a corner wins. That's how yeah, they got it. No, it was. But look, they've they've appointed a manager now who will be used to working in a system that I think Southampton want to implement. You know, they want a director of football. They're going to have a recruitment team around him. It's not going to be the old-fashioned British thing where the manager chooses all the players. Mm. Paul Mitchell, who used to be uh, at Southampton before going to Spurs and then went over to RB Leipzig, is apparently the one who recommended Ralph Hussenhurtl to, to come into this job. Uh, and he th- I think he might return to Southampton and maybe reignite that partnership. So that, that could be a positive mm. for them. But right now, they need points. They go to Cardiff, who in the last few weeks... 
have, have been better. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, I it's that, that group that found Timo Werner and Naby Keita, yeah. you know, that they can find players. Yeah, but Cardiff will be confident after that win against Wolves last week. I think, listen, you looked at it two or three weeks' time, you were thinking it was it's one out of three. You'd think Cardiff and Huddersfield mm. were gone, wouldn't you? Yeah. You yeah. were saying, listen, that's the only good thing about the teams that were down there. It was, it was only one position left, but the now Huddersfield and Cardiff are giving themselves yeah. a fighting chance. You win one match, all of a sudden you win one match. We've been guilty of it every year for the last, what, six, seven years on this show. We always write teams off in October, November, December, say, yeah, they're down, they're down, it's two and it's someone else. You're giving else. away our shtick. You win Why one, are you doing it? You just win one match, whether it be by luck or whatever it is, by changing the tactics and all of a sudden like I was saying earlier on with that goal at Watford the players just believe the confidence comes back the fans are up mm. and everything looks a bit easier doesn't it well I think what he needs is he needs a win for me in mm. the first two games to really yeah. implement and get get the confidence levels back with Cardiff you were at the West Ham game on Tuesday and it was a bizarre old game because West Ham kind of won it easily but also didn't play very well what do you make of Cardiff? Well, they haven't got much going forward. That is the, the, the issue. They haven't been able to, to to buy players or spend the money that that can can get them the quality that you know that can unlock defences. So they've got to play a defensive formation. But from West Ham's point of view, they started really well. First ten minutes, they got the ball up quickly, and then they stopped and all wanted to have a little pass and tippy tap around. And to be fair to Cardiff, they got into the game, got the penalty, poor challenge from Anatovic, mm. didn't need to make it. But you know, if they score that. You know what it's like, Tom. The West Ham fans get anxious. They get on the team's back, and then it becomes a tall ask. And I was delighted that they get in nil nil because I thought, yeah, get out of the traps in the first ten minutes, and and we can see this off and, and exactly what happens. Um, let's move on to West Ham. They're up against Crystal Palace this weekend, looking for three wins in a row. But they'll have to play, I'd imagine, unless something miraculous happens on Thursday without Marco Anatovic. Yeah, we, we did think, we were speaking about it earlier, Tom, we, we thought they should have maybe left, with the players that he left out, he left out, obviously Zabaleta, Babuano. You would have thought with Anatovic in terms of his injury record, and he has been, you know, he bit part for Austria 20 minutes yeah, you yeah. thought he could have rested him I think him. he's going to be out for a while actually yeah, he, looks, he tweeted looks a, bad a an Instagram story post earlier on mm. saying I'm going to be out for a while guys but you know, get back to it. But it's it's Christmas out isn't it whatever you do with your hamstring you miss Christmas don't you you miss the 6-7 games it's alright though Perez scored two I just can't stand Lucas Perez <laughs> I, I, I just cannot stand him he scored two goals but he does nothing. His attitude seems to let's stink hope, to let's, me as let, well. Let's hope he does nothing for the next six games and he gets eight or nine goals and then, <laughs> and and then you'll love him a little bit yeah. more, Tom. But what about without Anatovic? Because sometimes we think think about teams because of their star player. And he has been the star player. But also, he's not been scoring goals as of late. He hasn't been as good as he was in the opening few weeks. Um, and I just wonder whether now we're all going to start looking at Felipe Anderson a lot more. He has got a little bit better every week. Yeah. I think, and I think he, he could right now, uh, well, they need him to be, but I think he could become the, the man that everyone looks to. I think it actually suits us going, I know you're saying we haven't got the right balance in midfield, it suits us going four four two because the game then becomes stretched, and I think Felipe Anderson does his best work when the game's stretched. Mm-hmm. You know, he picks it up yeah. and he can drive drive up the pitch. When it's tactical and tight, yeah, he's got you know, he's got that little bit of creativity, but he prefers it open so he can see see grass and run into it and play off people. But I think listen, you know, key is can can if you know Marco's out for a while can he get Andy up and running? Be good to see, you yeah. know, Hernandez playing with somebody because playing up front in the zone doesn't suit him. Yeah, I wonder if Carol and Hernandez could be a pair for this game. What about Palace losing against 10-man Brighton? Yeah. Um, incredible, really. It was, it was a crazy game. 
but you'd think Palace played so well at the weekend and then they go in and they lose yeah, to Brighton bizarre not to, you got yeah. Zaha back you had Townsend who looks as good a form as he's been in, in years and you're thinking they're definitely going to get something at Brighton and, and to get beat that, that way it must be you know Roy must be thinking what's going on here and yeah. the only thing I would say is the difference between Palace and Cardiff is you know, on the counter attack, they're 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 devastating. So you know, West Ham will certainly have to defend a lot better. Yeah, I'd fancy Palace just to get something from that game. Uh, it looks like a high-scoring draw to me. We've got to move on because uh, we nearly we'll push for time. Brighton against Burnley. Uh, right. Burnley, we got, we got a little bit. Do we? All right, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brighton against Burnley. Uh, Brighton find themselves tenth in the table, twenty-one points. Burnley in the bottom three, off the bottom on goal difference. But look, if you're Burnley, you've got Brighton coming. Brighton struggle often away from home. They literally just score corners. If you can defend corners against against Brighton, you'll probably get something yeah, from it. Shane Duffy missing from from, yeah. from the game. Who's what a, was he doing, by the way? Yeah, yeah. I mean, did he not know the ref was standing a yard behind him? That was mad. Yeah, that That's was, a mad thing to do. That was a red mist moment. Um, but yeah, I think. Listen, it's it's now or never. I think you know Dicey will be looking at this game and thinking big big game, massive game for mm. them because obviously they're obviously low in confidence. Yeah. Spirited performance against Liverpool. Hopefully they can take that into the game. Mm. But how much is it taken out of them? Um, well, I wonder with with Burnley what they do out front as well because they've tried various combinations of Vokes and Barnes and Wood and and all this sort of thing. They're trying stuff in midfield, trying to find someone to work with Jack Cork. Still got Vidra there. Everyone what? forgets about. Why is he not getting any minutes? Why does no one in the Premier League ever well, fancy him? You love him, don't you? Well, I have loved him at times, various it, times in my in in my life in the last few years. But is he a Championship <laughs> player playing I, up? And I think, I, I listen, think so, I think yeah. for me, Burnley probably have got a high number of championship players playing mm. up and eventually you know they get found out unless unless you're moving past them and I think the problem is like you've said they've had to go back to the players that have got them up and, and you need to be evolving and buying better quality and maybe this last transfer window or two Burnley haven't yeah. invested as they should have done and he's a player that likes to play on the shoulder and get put in and he's got the burst of pace that can see him when he's one on one he's a good finisher but whenever I've seen him play for Burnley they haven't really played to his strengths last yeah. time I saw him play was at West Ham when they lost 4-2 barely mm. got a kick got taken off second half for the big lads to come on and they lump it up and that's what works for them but yeah this is this is a huge game for them they need to win this Let's talk Leicester against Tottenham. 7.45 kickoff on Saturday. Leicester were somewhat lucky to get something from Fulham in midweek, I thought. A good finish from James Madison. A couple of goals in a row now for him after coming back from the ignominy of being uh, ignominy. Ignominy? What's the word I'm looking for? One of them. That wasn't a word, was it? I'm just making up words. It's late, all right? What do you want from me? The embarrassment. Let's do that. The embarrassment of being I'll find out which one it is and edit it. Thanks, mate. No, leave all this in. This is all gold. This is all fun. Um, But basically, he embarrassed himself getting sent off by diving. He's come back. He apologised for it. He looks fantastic. But, um, you know, they showed great fighting spirit against against Fulham when they could have lost that game. And they'll need that against Tottenham. Yeah, they, they hang in there, don't they? You know, obviously, the team's still the majority apart from Kante and Mahrez, the team that won the Premier League. So they've, they've, they've obviously got quality in there. You know, Madison's come in and stepped up to the plate. Yep. 
You just think Tottenham will probably have too much for them. In case you're interested, uh, ignominy was what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. I, think uh, you, I think you had it right. One of it's just yeah. too yeah. many cold and flu tablets. It didn't sound off. right. It didn't sound right to me. And I haven't <laughs> slept for a few days, so it all comes together. Uh, let's move on to two further games uh, we haven't mentioned so far. Uh, that's all Saturday finished. On Sunday, Newcastle against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Newcastle United. Um, I thought they were fantastic uh, against West Ham for elements of that game. Played well away at Burnley to get that win. Uh, and at home, it's all about scoring goals. And they were unlucky against Everton. They they, they opened the yeah. scoring. They played quite well. Yeah. Had a few chances. Yeah, so did Everton. coming well. together now for Rafa. They've obviously had a tough start. Starting to turn the corner. All right, that would have been a, a kick in the teeth. West Ham winning 3-0. But they've bounced back. And listen, it's not an easy place to go, Everton, to, to get a draw. They Solid can t- point, that. Yeah, exactly. They can take that into to the weekend's fixture. And I can see them getting three points. I mean, they look solid. That's the thing with Rafa Benitez. You can talk about the issues they've got all over the place. But when they play that back three, which they didn't do against West Ham, which is a mistake. But when they had Cher, uh, Lascelles and Federico Fernandes together, it was Kieran Clark in the Burley game and not um, not Lascelles who was injured. It just makes sense. They look more solid. It allows Diarme to do his job, which is sit in front of that three and get about people. If they do that this weekend, I think they've got a chance. If they go for four... Well, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think you're right. But I, I give Wolves a much bigger chance of getting something from this game now. They got that result against Chelsea. Mm. I think they were on such a bad run. It was their first really bad run after coming up. And they were probably doubting themselves, thinking, oh, we thought we were going to be top half easy. Maybe, maybe not now. They beat Chelsea. I think the confidence will come flooding back. Uh, one final game, Monday night football. It's a long way off, but it's, it's Everton uh, against Watford. This is the big one. Everton, I'm, not just, I'm not joking here. This is like the, the big game for Watford this season. Is it? Why? Yeah, yeah. Because when the, the fixture list came out in June, June, mate, that's the one we were looking. You've got for. so many ex-managers now. It doesn't matter. Does Ever- it? The Everton games are the one we were looking for. There is real ill feeling towards Marco Silva from the fans, and actually more so from the club. Mm. The, the the Watford were really really. Uh, unhappy with the situation last season with Everton and Marco Silva to the point where they they, they really pressed it as far as they they could for compensation. There's been no love lost in the press between, well, certainly from Watford's side of things to when when talking about the situation. So make make no mistake, they'll be saying to Javi Gracia, son, you get this one one. Yeah, after a great little Christmas bonus for you, I think. (laughs) After a great start, they could do do with the result as well, couldn't they? Absolutely. You know what I mean? They're on a little sticky run. I think they're listening. They've got more than enough. Yep, one win and six, which... You know, after the start they had is is just sort of dumping in the atmosphere there. What about Everton though? Because in the Merseyside derby, they went there to try and win uh, and lost in a quite shambolic way as, as Jordan Pickford tried to catch a crossbar. Then they can't beat Newcastle at home. I'm looking at this team and I'm seeing real quality in it. And I'm seeing a goal scorer in Ricky from Rio. You're looking at people like Andre Gomez, who's quality. Zuma played alongside Mina, but I'm a big fan of Yeri Mina. I think he's played well. Andre Gomez, we've mentioned. Gilfie Sigurdsson, good footballer. You know, for some reason, Jenk Tossen played in midweek, but then they immediately got Bernard on as soon as possible. As soon as they thought, can you play 20? Right, you're on. Jake, come on, son. You know, there's quality there, but, you know, didn't get something against Liverpool when they should have done. Can't beat Newcastle at home. And then they've got a Watford team who want to beat them, where usually it'd be a nothing game. That was a surprise for me. Listen, they were really unlucky against Liverpool, weren't they? But that was a surprise to me. I thought thought they would have turned Newcastle over easily tonight. So, really surprised that 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 was a draw. And Newcastle should have got more, shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, they did. They conceded the first goal, but they showed good character to get back into it. Another goal from Richarlison. There was a hint of handball, actually, in in Mm. that move. I don't know whether... 
that one would have been VAR. Uh, Does he get the business with Charleston from the Watford fans? Do you like no, him? I, well, that will be intriguing to see, actually, because he's kind of caught up in the whole situation. But he's a young lad who gave everything for us last season, and, and we, we loved him when he was there. And if I was in the stands at Goodison on, on Monday night, I'd be applauding him. And, you got, and you got great money for him as well. Yeah, exactly. So good luck to him, but not so much to Silver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a great way to end on Spite. Uh, Dave, thanks very much, Steve. Thanks for hanging around for us as well. Uh, we're back with another preview show next week. There's so many games. Whenever there's games, we're doing a show, all right? We'll see you then. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.